to Miami Valley Church. My name is Pastor Jed, and I'm so thankful that you've invited us into the church that's meeting in your home. If this is your first time joining us, I want to say welcome. It is a privilege to get to worship with you today. And so I pray that we would prepare our hearts and soften them as we get ready to hear God's word, his truth, right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. I will praise the Lord with all my life. I will sing praise to my God for as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. But blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains forever faithful. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the father and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever for all generations. Praise the Lord. We're learning this lesson that everything we do needs to begin with praise. Every time we're together, whether it's just two or three of us or it's all of us gathered together on a Sunday uh, with technology, everything we do needs to begin with praise. That our lack of praise is the cause of so many problems uh, in, in communities of faith and even in this world. And so we're just learning to praise the Lord. And what we want to ask you to do is we're going to put three minutes on the clock and we're just going to ask you if you're at a, in a house church today, if you're uh, watching on Facebook Live and that you would participate in the comment section that we need to praise the Lord, that we need to verbally express our praise to God. And praise very simply is this. It's different than Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is giving thanks for what God has done. Praise is, is praising Him for who He is. Often what He does is based on who he is, right? And so we just need to give praise. So we're just going to ask you uh, to go around uh, with the people that you're gathered with today and just praise the Lord. And if you need to just keep that on pause after that three minutes, you just continue to praise because there's nothing more important that you do today than praise the Lord. So again, let's praise the Lord, all of us who have breath this day.
we're just going through the Bible and we're in the book of Genesis and we've been asking you over the last several weeks to become familiar with Genesis chapters 37 through 50. It's the story of Joseph and as I think about the story of Joseph, you're like, why do I need to become familiar with the scriptures? Why do I need to become familiar with all these uh, Old Testament stories? Well, we saw last week very briefly, but I want to remind you again today, Romans 15 verse 4 says this, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. These scripture stories, these stories that are all throughout the, the Bible remind us to have endurance in the things that we're going through. They remind us to have encouragement and they give us hope for whatever it is we're facing. And the story of Joseph surely does that. If you're not sure about that, let me ask you a question this way. Is there any area for you where your life just isn't meeting your expectations? Is there any area for you where your life just simply isn't meeting your expectations? For some of you, you may already say, yes, this school year, we thought we were going to go back to school and it's already going to be back to normal. But now already your classroom or your school building or your district has already put masks being required again. And that just wasn't your expectation. Life just isn't meeting expectations. Maybe some of the things going on in the world uh, just aren't meeting your expectations. Maybe your job isn't meeting your expectations. Maybe your spouse or your children aren't meeting your expectations. Uh, maybe there's been death or disease and this isn't the way you thought life was going to turn out. Let me ask you one more time to be just brutally honest. Is there any area for you where life just isn't meeting your expectations? And I ask you that question because I think as you look at Genesis 37 through 50, and what we're going to do is we're going to ask you, uh, we're going to give you some points, some, uh, just some topics. We're just going to ask you, where do you see this in the story of Joseph? But I think for sure in the story of Joseph, there was a time in his life where life wasn't meeting his expectations. He was the father's favorite. He had the coat that was beautiful, the coat that represented his father's favor. And the next thing you know, he goes to just out of obedience to his brother, and he ends up in a pit. And from the pit, he goes and sold into slavery. And from slavery, he's He's in prison where he's been unjustly accused. And now all of a sudden you've got to say, hey, his life just wasn't meeting his expectations. I don't think that's anything that Joseph ever expected. Is there any area of your life? It just simply isn't meeting your expectations. Right, so as I think of the story of Joseph, I, I, I think that when life wasn't meeting his expectations, I, I think about also the story of Jesus as he comes onto the scene. And I want you to find in your Bible, in your mobile device, I want you to find Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, as we dig into this, we're just going to see how I think maybe life wasn't meeting Jesus's expectations either. But uh, I have with me today my preaching Bible. And it's been a while since I broke out my preaching Bible because there's a difference between preaching and teaching. And my, my tendency, and I think my, my giftedness, leans towards the teaching side. But for the next several weeks, uh, Pastor Woldridge and I, as we go through this, where we're not going to be teaching, uh, we're going to be preaching. And there's a, there's a difference. And, and preaching uh, comes and it says, hey, there's, there's this conviction and there's a sense. And we want you to hear and we want you to act. That we want everybody that hears to understand there's some eternal accountability on your part to the things that you hear. And for our community of faith, we just sense that there's some things that God is telling us and there's a sense of urgency what God's asking us to do. And so uh, we're just going to be preaching. It's going to look like this. Our, our uh, online times are going to be briefer and we're going to just give you some questions to talk about uh, in your house churches. We're going to give you some questions to talk about in your community of faith. We're just going to give you some opportunity 
ladies, and it's so important that you don't do this by yourself, uh, that you do this. And if you're more comfortable still and not meeting in person, there are opportunities to be online with other, other believers so that you can discuss. But it's so important that you take these truths, that you digest them, not just for yourself, but with a, with a group of people. So Mark... Chapter 1, I just want us to look at three figures that show up in, in Mark chapter 1. And again, remember uh, how this might reflect on the story of Joseph. Mark chapter 1 says this, The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, as it was written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of the one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight uh, paths for him. And so uh, it just starts off, and if you're just looking at the gospel of Mark, this is the beginning of the gospel, and you'll notice uh, that there is no Mary, there is no Joseph, there are no angels. There are no shepherds. Uh, we don't have the nativity scene. We just have this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the God sent ahead of Jesus a messenger. And he was the baptizer, John the, the baptizer. And his task was simply uh, to prepare the way of the Lord. Listen to this. It says a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Friends, we believe with all of our heart that this is a wilderness time uh, for the church in America, specifically for Miami Valley Church. That this is a wilderness period that God has used the last 20 months, not as an interruption, but as a disruption. And he's driving us back to his word and he's organizing us around his word and he's organizing us around what praise really is. He's organizing us again around what community really is. And in this wilderness time, uh, we need one another and we understand our task is to uh, to prepare the way of the Lord. And as John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus to come the first time, his people, God's people living in this wilderness experience are to prepare the way of the Lord, to live the way he wants us to live so that when Jesus comes back, all are ready. For it's not God's desire that any should perish, but all to come to repentance. And so that's our task. And so here in the wilderness, it says John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance. A baptism of repentance. I, I just want to see and talk about repentance. We're going to see that in just a little bit that was Jesus' message too. Jesus went about preaching. That's what the scriptures say, proclaiming. He was talking with, with brevity. Jesus' message was a 17-word sermon. The time has come. The kingdom of God has drawn near. Repent and believe the good news. I need to talk to you a minute about repentance. I need to talk to you for a minute about repentance. Uh, individually and we need to talk about repentance corporately but repentance very simply is this it's a change of mind that leads to a change of heart uh, that leads to a change of direction a change of mind that leads to a change of heart that leads to a change of direction uh, I've taught for a long time that repentance is this you are headed the wrong the wrong way down a one-way street and you recognize it and the only solution is that you stop turn around and start going the other way and so I want us to do a little exercise, if you would, please. If you're able, I'm just going to invite you to stand right now with me. We're going to do a little exercise to show what repentance is. So let's stand up together. All right, so now that you're standing up with me, here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to turn to your right. Turn to your right. Now I want you to do this. Take two steps forward. Two steps forward. Now I want you to say this. I was wrong. I know it's hard to come out of your mouth, but some nobody say it again. I was wrong. And so that is repentance. We we take it, we're moving this way, we understand that we're wrong, then we turn around, we start going the other way, we start moving forward after the ways that God wants us to go. My friends, that's the very simple picture of repentance. Can you say that again? You're going this way, I was wrong, and you turn around and you start following after Jesus wherever he leads. Let's keep going in this story. So now hopefully that visually that makes sense to you that there comes this point in time where you where I'm going the wrong way, and I have to admit. I'm wrong. A change of mind, which results in a change of heart that leads to a change of direction. But what I want you to understand is that repentant, 
repentance is not a one-time event. That life is filled with a series of repentances. I don't know if that's the appropriate English or not. I don't know if, if that's it. But repentances happens over and over again. Yes, there's that one time in all of our lives where we repent of our sins. And we just simply say, God, I have not been following you. I haven't trusted you as my Lord. I haven't trusted you, my Savior. I was wrong. I put my faith and trust in you uh, to save my soul, to give me eternal life. And there's that time when we repent and we, we do that. But uh, we continue to make mistakes. We continue to sin against God. We continue to sin against one another. And life is just a series of repentances. And what I want you to understand is that repentance isn't just a turning from something. It's a turning to something. It's not just repentance uh, turning from, but turning to. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9 says this. Uh, Paul's writing. He's talking about the church in uh, Thessalonica. And he says this. They themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell us how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. That's the true picture of repentance. You turn to God, you turn around from idols because you're headed towards idols, whatever they might be. You turn to God and now you're moving towards service of the holy and almighty God. And so I just think one of the questions we need to ask, one of the questions we want to ask you to ask today is this, uh, of what am I repenting these days? Of what am I repenting these days? Maybe your heart is filled with complaint. Maybe it's filled with envy. Maybe it's filled with hatred. Maybe it's filled with pride. And you need to turn from complaint to gratitude. Maybe you need to turn from envy to thankfulness for that other human being. Maybe you need to turn from pride to selflessness. From what am I repenting these days? Maybe you need to repent of materialism and turn towards radical generosity. Maybe you need to repent of fear of what's next to complete trust in the Lord your God. Maybe you need to understand that repentance isn't just of these big, huge sins that you might identify them with. But I think one of the things as a community of faith we understand is we need to repent and be more focused on uh, the kingdom of this world and turns toward the kingdom of God. Jesus said, the time has come, the kingdom of God is drawn near, repent and believe the good news. I think the question we have to ask individually is of what am I repenting these days? I think the question we need to ask as families in our own homes of, of what are we repenting these days? And I think as a community of faith, we have to ask and are asking the question of what are we repenting these days? And we've come to the understanding and Pastor Mullendor, Pastor Woldridge, and I uh, are, are coming to the understanding that there are just some things we've had to repent of, of not putting praise in its proper place, of not understanding that everything we do begins with praise, that our lack of praise was the source of so much division in our community of faith and in the community in which we live, that our lack of praise was, was the result of not partnering with other people the way we should partner with, of being exclusive, that our, our lack of understanding of what praise was allowed us to focus in on one model and we would say every Sunday we've got to do these three things and that's all we're going to do but not being opening open to leading the Holy Spirit the way we needed to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit of not listening of not asking the question for so many years God how would you have us love and share Jesus with this valley of just thinking maybe we knew all of the answers there's so much uh, that we have to repent of, of not loving one another the ways that we have to love
love one another and there are just these moments where the church corporately has to repent and we just have to say God we were wrong and we're turning and we're going another way we're listening we don't know what the steps are and we're going to see what that exactly looks like so uh, there just comes this point in time uh, we need to ask of what am I repenting these days maybe we could ask it a different way uh, uh, God how are you calling me to follow you today God I'm I'm listening and so John the Baptist came and he he preached repentance a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins you're like somebody preaches that message and one of the things you think of as a community of faith and you think we well, preach that kind of message nobody's going to come watch and John the baptizer he's out in the wilderness remember he's out in the wilderness he's preaching a message that nobody wants to hear and you're like who's going to listen to him look at verse 5 of Mark 1 the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him if there's authenticity in the way that you're living and if there's uh, your your words match your actions people are going to notice if your life has begun and lived in praise people are going to notice they're going to come and they're going to see and so they came out to him confessing their sins and they were baptized by him in the jordan river i just need to pause i i can't help but teach for just a second it says he's baptized in the jordan river does that make any sense to you? Probably not. But in the wilderness period, let me just remind you that God's people wandered for 40 years. As God led them from the land of slavery, Egypt, to the land of promise, they crossed two bodies of water. We're familiar with the first one probably, as we know the story. They crossed the Red Sea as God miraculously dried up that land, and they crossed, and Pharaoh's army was swallowed up. But after 40 years, their entrance route to the land of promise was across the Jordan River. And I think John is baptizing in the Jordan. He's going to baptize Jesus in the Jordan River for that very reason. Because remember how long it says that Jesus uh, was tempted in the wilderness. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. It was it was for 40 days. And I think crossing the Jordan, it was that place of freedom. It was that place where God's going to give us what he promised. And so John is out there baptizing in the Jordan River. And it's not just symbolic, it's meaningful to this people. This is the place where God grants freedom. And my friend God is the God who grants freedom and he's baptizing. And John wears all these crazy looking clothes and he eats this crazy diet. And so there he is just being faithful to what God has called him to do. And it says this verse um, 9, at that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And I think Jesus is baptized in the Jordan. Normally he would have been, baptisms don't play, take place in the river. They take place in baptismal pools that are built uh, for that very purpose. But I think Jesus is baptized in the Jordan to remind us that Jesus was the Israel that Israel could never be. And I think Jesus was baptized in the Jordan to remind me that Jesus is the Tim that Tim could never be. And Jesus is the you that you can never be because he comes to live his life in us and through us and to help us be exactly who he's called us to be, to live lives filled with praise, even if things aren't going and meeting our expectations. It says this, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open up and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came down from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. What a beautiful thing is Jesus. You're my son. I love you. With you, I'm well pleased. You're my son. I love you. With you, I'm well pleased. You're my son. I love you. With you, I'm well pleased. And then look at the very next verse. At once the Spirit led him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. Oh, wow, that doesn't make sense. I all of a sudden I'll think that now all of a sudden Jesus' uh, life's not meeting the expectations that he had. Here's the Father saying, You're my beloved Son with you. I'm well pleased. Into the wilderness you go. You're my beloved Son with you. I'm well pleased. Into the wilderness you go. 
reminds me of the story of Joseph. You're my beloved son. You get the you get the beautiful coat. Now go take care of your brother and see how they're doing. And you end up in a pit and you end up in a prison. Into the wilderness you go. My friends, this season, one of the things I've heard over and over again, people are just like, I want everything back to get back to normal. What's going to be the new normal? What's going to be the new normal? My friends, what about this? What if the wilderness is the new normal? What if in the wilderness we're supposed to learn a few lessons? What if in the wilderness we need to understand this is normal for the follower of Jesus? He loves us and he cares for us, but into the wilderness you go, this is normal. I'm not alone, and God will meet me there. Would you say those three things with me and with the group that you're meeting with today? This is normal. I'm not alone. God will meet me there. This is normal. I am not alone. God will meet me there. And listen to what it says. It says, Jesus was tempted by Satan and with the wild animals, and the angels attended to him. God has a way of meeting us. What if the wilderness time is the new normal? And we need to understand that God is changing things around, and life's not always going to meet our expectations. After John was put in prison, prison, verse 14 says, after John was put in prison, by the way, here's another guy that's put in prison, reminds me of Joseph. Can you imagine living in faithful obedience to God and the result is you end up in prison? We don't like that. We don't understand that. We don't want that. But John and Joseph had been obedient to their God, doing exactly what God had called him to do, preaching the message that they were supposed to preach, and they end up in prison. When life's not meeting your expectations, remember, uh, this is normal. I am not alone, and God will meet me there. So Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming, preaching. That's, that's the word it means to proclaim. It means to herald. It means to preach. It means to announce a message with announce a message publicly with conviction uh, to talk about the eternal accountability to all who hear and Jesus message was very simple the time has come the kingdom of God is drawn near repent and believe the good news question of what am I repenting these days question number two what kingdom am I building the time has come the kingdom of God is drawn near repent and believe the good news what things the kingdom of God very simply means that God is in control it's God's domain a way of asking this of what kingdom am I building is is what things do I need to bring under God's domain do I need to bring my marriage under God's domain do I need to bring my parenting under God's domain do I need to bring my finances under God's domain do I need to bring my words under God's domain do I need to bring the direction of our church under God's domain it is his kingdom it is his kingdom and we are called to follow him for Christ and his kingdom of what am I repenting these days of of uh, what kingdom am I building? So Jesus preaches this message. Uh, the 17 words, the time has come, the kingdom of God has drawn near. Repent and believe the good news. And there's an urgency that that's the message we carry with us as we prepare the way of the Lord. And then just look, verses 16 through 19, just says, Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon his brother, Simon and his brother casting it into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. And when Jesus had gone a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them and left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired hands and followed him. It's very simple. Jesus now begins to reach out to people 
and say, uh, and there are three casts of characters. There's the baptizer who does exactly what God uh, wants him to do in the wilderness, even if it's going to result in him being thrown in prison. There's Jesus who's faithful to be the herald and the proclaimer. The time has come. The kingdom of God is drawn near. Repent and believe the good news, the message of repentance. And now all of a sudden, Jesus invites followers to come along and he follow me, follow me. And friends, there comes a time when you just simply have to trust your guide. Question number three is this, am I allowing Jesus to lead? Am I allowing Jesus to lead? Am I really willing to follow? Ask yourself the questions this way. See, when we talk about uh, receiving Jesus, we talk about uh, inviting Jesus into our lives, and that's true. But more than that, I think Jesus invites us into his life, into his way, into his direction. And here's the truth for today. We follow Jesus not to get where we're going. We follow Jesus to get where he's going. Are you following Jesus that way? Do you see lost people the way that Jesus did with a sense of urgency, not desiring any to perish, but all to come to repentance? Do you look at people with passion and compassion, with forgiveness and with courage? Who are you praying for that needs to know Jesus, that needs to say yes to that message? The time has come, the kingdom of God is drawn near. Repent. Who are you praying for that needs to repent and believe the good news? Are your prayers for those people consistent and persistent? Are your lifestyle and activity patterns matching up with the words that you choose to share about Jesus? And are you able to give a clear and compelling answer for the hope that you have? Because you see, as we look at these stories of Joseph and the stories of the scriptures, they give us perseverance and hope and encouragement. And that's how we have to live our lives. I love this fact that Jesus calls brothers and sisters, reminds me of the story of Joseph. When Joseph had the chance to harm his brothers, he called them in to what God was already doing in his life. Maybe there's somebody in your family that you need to invite in. So friends, those are the questions for today. The story of Joseph was written so that we might have hope and life was not meeting his expectations. What do you do when life doesn't meet your expectations? Do you need to be like John the baptizer and go into the wilderness and say, this is normal. I am not alone and God is with me. Do you need to be like Jesus and simply say, I'm going to do what the Father has called me to do and I'm going to with urgency announce the time has come, the kingdom of God is drawn near, repent and believe the good news and trust that God is with you and you just need to simply follow. What do you think about those questions today and the group of people you're meeting with and may God bless you as you choose to repent, to turn around, acknowledge you were wrong and go the other way and follow Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Trust the Lord and do good.